I'm Kara, and welcome to the Purpose Driven Mom podcast. Here at A Purpose Driven Mom, I believe in parenting with intentionality, but remembering the grace that God gives us to make things new every single day. I know that mom life can be hard and stressful, and it sometimes feels out of control, but here at A Purpose Driven Mom, the goal is to help you create systems and routines to just feel less overwhelmed, more in control of your time, your parenting, your life, and have more joy in your home. Mom life is hard enough. Don't do it alone. Welcome to The Purpose Driven Mom Show. Welcome to episode 40 of the Purpose Driven Mom Show. I'm excited to bring you today's episode because it is another little sneak peek behind the scenes at the Purpose Driven Mom Summit. This recording is actually a session that I did in the 2018 Purpose Driven Mom Summit about how to keep the spark alive in your marriage. We're coming on Valentine's Day and I'm sure you're thinking about it and you're wondering if your spouse is thinking about it. I know that we don't have anything super excited planned, but it's because we prioritize our marriage all the other days and don't put all this pressure on Valentine's Day. This week I wanted to share this recording with you so that you can get some ideas of ways that you and your spouse can spend more time with each other. If I reference anything in the episode that you're not sure what it is because it's from the summit, don't worry about it. But I do want to encourage you to pause the episode or as soon as it's done, go over to a purposedrivenmom.com slash 2020 summit where you can get on the wait list for this year's summit. We have an incredible speaker lineup for you. Tickets go on sale officially on March 1st. And if you are on the wait list, you're going to get inside scoops, extra giveaways, and a ton of amazing things. We already have over 200 women who are on the wait list for the summit. We know it's going to be the biggest and the best yet. And did I mention that it's free? Head over to a purposedrivermom.com slash 2020 summit, get on the wait list and make sure you join us for that. Right now, let's tune into this recording from the 2018 Purpose Driven Mom Summit on how you can keep the spark in your marriage. Hey ladies, welcome to my session. Today, I'm going to be talking about how to connect with your spouse, cultivate your marriage, and um, do it all while we have these small people running around us. And listen, your kids may be little, they may be in school, they may be at college, heck, right? But your marriage is so important, and it's key that we spend time focusing on it so that we can have this thriving life. The thing is, when you're starting to date, I don't know about you, and I'll tell you a little of our story, but when you start to date, it's so new, it's exciting, you make all this effort to just be loving and caring. Uh, But then time happens, you start to be a little less romantic, you take things for granted. And I'm gonna tell you something, I am no marriage expert at all. But what I do is I try to intentionally love and date my husband. So I'll clip notes our story for you and then I'm gonna jump into some really practical techniques that can help you connect with your spouse on so many levels right away. Me and my husband, um, we've been married, it'll be just about four years now. When we met, he was my boss. (laughs) I was a school teacher and he was the assistant principal. And when we started dating, we had to kind of keep it hush-hush. We didn't want anyone to think about favoritism, things like that. And so we didn't get much of a dating period. We sometimes would go to happy hour with everyone and hold hands under the table, but that was as far as it went for the first six months. We did a lot of Netflix and dinner nights, and that was about it. And that's how we, ha- we got to know each other. The thing is, and the thing that was hard, was that we didn't get all the romance in the beginning. And so our expectations were a little different. And on top of it, my husband, we have, um, my stepson is 11 now. When we started dating, he was four. And so when we started dating and when we started, and we got married, we were not like a lot of my other friends who didn't have kids. Right? You have that time where you um, don't have any kids and you just first get married if that's your situation. And it's nice. You guys go to Quizzo or, you know, get game nights and, and you have this less responsibility. Well, we have my steps on every other week. We didn't have as much time to just be married. 
to just date each other. We already had a child in the picture. And then, you know, a year and a half later, we had my daughter. And so I tell you this to say that, like, I've been in the spot where maybe you don't have a lot of romance in your marriage. And now we've kind of jumped in and we have, oh, you can see my kids in the background, my daughter here, my stepson's up at the top, and that's my son right there. You know, we are in the season of littles. And what's really hard is because of the age gap in the kids, some Dean goes to bed super late, the kids go to bed early, we don't really get to leave the house. But what I want to encourage you today is that you need to be intentional about your relationship and your marriage. And if you are, so much is going to happen. And so I'm actually going to talk a little bit about how we can cultivate that today. The first thing I want to talk about is God's view of marriage, because that's really important to me. I'm a newer believer, um, if you don't know my story, and, and I'll save that for another session. But, you know, it's been almost five years now that I've been saved, about a year, or maybe even less, actually. I, it was once I met my husband. And that really changed things for me because I started to look at what God thinks about marriage. And he says, like, marriage is a sacrificial relationship. Its purpose is to honor God. It is not 50-50. And that's the thing I want to start with, ladies, is the expectations. A lot of times, I'm guilty too. We say, like, it's 50-50. Like, why should I do all these nice things for him? Like, he's not doing anything for me. Or, you know, I feel like I'm always doing these chores and he's not doing this. And if you're a stay-at-home mom like me, it can be really hard when you're home with the kids all day and he gets to talk to people in real life and comes home and you feel this obligation to lead your home. As you know, a homemaker, I really do feel like I need to be taking care of my house, but you know, it doesn't always add up. So I wanna tell you something, guys. Relationships, all of them, they're not 50-50. They're 100-100. You need to give 100% and they do. And if you remember that, then the expectations that you have for your marriage, you know, it's all gonna come together. The thing is, we have to remember that our spouses don't think like us. They don't read our minds. They don't have a female brain. We are detail-oriented. Um, a lot of times we remember dates. We have all of these things going in our heads at all time. And guys are a little bit more linear. They might not be the romantic type. And I'll tell you, honestly, I'm not the romantic type. So a lot of the suggestions I'm gonna give in a little bit, like I have to force myself to do, but, you know, I want to remind you that expectations, they lead to frustrations. That's what you have to remember. Now, this is not saying you need to, like, sacrifice romance. I'm not saying you should settle for anything at all. What I'm saying is you just have to remember and do things with a servant heart that, you know, God has it so that we treat our husbands like they are running our household. And, and that's what I believe. And so don't do things just because you want them to do them back. Oh, how many times I've thought, if I buy him or make him this, he's definitely going to pick up flowers for me, or he'll start to see that. Now, I'm going to talk in a second about that benefit, but what I will say is get that out of your head, because then when you start to expect things from people, that, I mean, that in, not that it's entitlement, but it starts to kind of um, skew the heart of how you connect and why you do it, okay? So why you need to prioritize each other, well, there's a few reasons, right? Like, not to be completely morbid, but like when your kids are gone, they're gone. It's just the two of you, you know? And I think that's really important to just remember one day your kids are going to be out of the nest and maybe you're in that season. They're going to be gone. And if you've not cultivated your marriage this entire time, say you've stopped dating for like 10 years. It's like, oh, look, I'll be real. This season with these two, it's tough. My personality has changed. I will definitely say that since I've had kids. 
Um, I've been struggling with postpartum anxiety since I had my son. It's been hard. It's been really, really, really hard. And so this season, I don't want to miss out on connecting with my husband because one day they're going to be at college. They're going to have their own kids. They're going to be gone. And it's just the two of you. Do you want to spend that time getting to know each other or do it now? And so right now it's hard. Like we put our kids needs first, but we matter too. Our relationships matter. We matter. And we need to take the time. The other thing that's cool about connecting with your spouse. And I'm talking specifically right now about like having dates, you know, leaving the house. It's nice to get dressed up. It's nice to like, I did my hair today because I'm filming, right? That's not like my norm. I'm normally like with a crazy mom bun. But it's really nice to put on a little makeup. Now I'm not saying you have to like look nice to connect with your spouse, but you deserve that time. Like you deserve to feel pampered a little bit too. And I want you to remember that. The other thing um, I want to just tell you is like, when I act like I'm dating my husband, like I get really giddy. I really was telling someone the story of how we met and the holding the hands under the table thing. And see the smile? Like, and I was mad at my husband yesterday. Like, I was, this was yesterday. I was mad at him. I was annoyed about something. And as I started to tell that story, all these thoughts just came into my brain. I was like, oh my God, I love him. Why am I mad? This is silly. And I just get excited. And I want to encourage you to get super excited as well. Okay, so I'm going to start with what I think is the most important part about connecting with your husband, and that's prayer. If God was to look at your marriage, what would he say? What would be something he would say about it? Would he say that you're, you're leading it in the biblical way that honors him and glorifies God? I'm going to read some quotes for you. I have a couple books and I'll reference them. Uh, you can write them down in your notes. This one we did as a marriage group with our church. So I want to recommend if you have options, it's called Higher Love from Focus on the Family. If you have options to do connect things at your church, I really recommend it because Okay, like when else am I going to sit with my husband and talk about our feelings unless we're intentional? And when we're in this church group, it really reminded us to do this. So I want to read to you from Ephesians 5 what God says our role is as wives. And it says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to their husbands in everything. So I just want to talk about that. Like that is straight up from the word. And I said, had someone who said to me, and again, as a newer believer, things are different, but someone said to me, like, I'm not submitting, especially in this time of, like, feminism right now, I think it's, like, a really fine line about what submission is. I love to take care of my husband. I love to make his lunch. I love to serve him because it makes me feel good, and I know it honors God. If he was asking me to do something that, like, didn't honor God, I wouldn't do it, and I want to share from Jump to this one. This is Strengthening Your Marriage by Wayne A. Mack, and we did this in our marriage counseling. Um, but I want to just tell you a little bit about what submission is. And this, when I read this, it made my, like, feminist radar be like, okay, this is okay. It says submission means that she sees herself as part of her husband's team. She is not her husband's opponent fighting at cross purposes or trying to outdo him. She knows that on any good team, someone has to make a final decision and plan. And I think that's really important, guys. Like, my husband, he runs our household, right? But if he was to ask me to do anything that went against God, it, I wouldn't honor that, right? So remember that, you know, and at the same time, someone does have to make decisions. And I'm not going to lay down and be like, okay, whatever you say goes. 
But at some point, I do think he is the head of our household and leads that. And so that's just my heart on things. And we can talk further about your heart and where that lies. But I just wanted to talk about that submission piece a little bit. It's whatever he does that honors God, you are just, you're part of his team. And remember that. Remember when you're out in public, like, don't undercut your husband. If he says something and it's wrong, you don't have to correct it right there. You don't have to remind him things. And guys, I'm talking to myself here. You're his team captain, okay? And let's talk about how we can be there. And the first one I'm going to say is prayer. So it matters. So whether your husband knows you're praying for him or not, prayer is so important. And I, I got in a habit of not praying as much as I should for him, but I do pray for my husband a lot. And I'll tell you right now, we, um, as I'm filming this, we're coming out of a really hard valley where my husband has been out of work for seven months. It's been incredibly hard. I've seen it affect him. It's affected our family. And we just, we have a five month old. So like it was in a season of having a new baby. It's been hard. But the one thing I've done, and at first I was praying for me. Then I was praying for our family. I was praying for a job for him. And then I started to see how he was being impacted by being home, just sitting on the couch after the first couple months. And I, I saw this spark in him like leave. And um, I started to just pray for him, pray for his spirit, pray for God to talk to him. And I think that you need to remember that. I, and, and again, for me, as a newer believer, I'm learning so much about how to pray. And I actually, one of our speakers, Jamie Balmay, um, she has taught me a lot about prayer. She has a really great resource that I'll make sure I link into our Facebook community where it talks about 14 days of praying for your spouse and your husband. And I'm starting that actually now because I realize I've gotten out of the habit. So he just got a job. So I've gotten out of the habit of that. So I want to encourage prayer too. I wanted to pause today's episode for the sponsor, which is the Rekindling Romance e-kit. This comes from the team over at Homemaking Ministries, which is Jason and Jamie Balmay. This e-kit is perfect for anyone who wants to kind of reignite the spark in your marriage, but not sure where to get started or you're unsure where to come up with any ideas. They have this printable pack, which has over 30 different pages of printables, including coupon books, questions to ask each other, a little gift basket, coupons, and more that you can get for less than $15. You can head over to a apurposedivermom.com slash romance and you're able to get this incredible kit and print it today to use in your home tonight to have just a really great and romantic date night. Make sure you head over to apurposedivermom.com slash romance and grab yours now and I hope that you enjoy your date night. All right, so I'm going to move now to what I think is super important as well, besides her, because I had to start with that, is talking your husband's love language. So Gary Chapman, Dr. Gary Chapman came up with these love languages. Um, there's a quiz, it's linked here, you can take, and it's cool because you can find out your kid's love language too. And when you talk about his love language, it's basically like your primary love language, how you connect to others. Now, there are a few ways you connect with people, but these are the ones, the five he talks about. Words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch, quality time, and receiving gifts. All of us have one love language, but some of us might have two. So me and my husband, we were driving to, I think it was my mom's house, like a two hour drive. And I came across this on Pinterest, I'm scrolling, you know, he's driving or whatever. And I said, oh, let's just take this. And I'm so thankful we did. So I found out that my love language is words of affirmation, not surprised, and his is physical touch. And it was really important for us to know that because we were trying to communicate with each other in ways that didn't, we didn't care about. So my husband, I don't care about receiving gifts. Like that's, that's my low totem for one. But for me, words of affirmation, like if you could just tell me, like I love to hear, wow, Kara, thanks so much for X, Y, Z, or this looks really great. Or, um, this dinner was awesome. Or, you know, thank you. Oh, thank you. Like that is me. You don't have to buy me anything ever. Uh, maybe my husband bought a coffee today. That was nice. But like, you don't have to. Whereas my husband, 
I always thought like, I needed to keep this super clean house, right? I was like, oh, I got to keep the house clean. Like, you know, take care of all this. And my house isn't, it's not a mess, but it's not like sparkling. And we found out like my husband, like acts of service for him. Like he's like, I don't really care. He was like, for me, I would rather like a really nice hug or a massage than the house being clean. And that's so key. Like that's so important. And so I want you to take the test for yourself and take it together. Because once you know, you know, someone's word, uh, love language, you really can speak their truth. It helps me connect. It helps me come up with um, little gifts for them. And I'm going to share some now. I have a couple printables that I'll link to that you can get. What I did was I actually came up with 30 day challenge for myself um, so that I could hit all of the love languages for him, but I know his primary. So physical touch, I don't want to just be like, it's not just sex. And I'm going to talk intimacy later. Uh, and I'm, I'm just going to talk to you like we're sitting and having coffees. So I'm going to talk about all of it. But for him, I mean, yes, having a healthy, intimate relationship is part of a good marriage, but it's also more of like a massage or a really long hug or like sometimes I'll just slide up against him when we're watching TV, put my phone away and just have my arm. Like I never go to bed without myself touching him in some way. And I know that's important. If we're in the middle of a fight or like we're having some quiet space from each other, I'll walk over and like, if I just like touch his arm a little, he knows like, oh, we're okay. And that's so important to know because that's the way he speaks. So I'm going to give you some examples of other ways you can connect based on your love language. So I'll go to mine, which is words of affirmation. So, um, but I'll say, pretend your husband is words of affirmation. Can I stop for a second? This is a great list. And I want to encourage you to print it out and uh, go get it and work on this for your husband. I guarantee if you start doing things like this for him, maybe he'll do them for you, right? But if he doesn't, that's okay. And so the one thing you can ask him to do is like, let's take the test together. Let's just take it together. You can do it online. Again, you can print it, do it separately or whatever. You can print for your kids, but um, don't, don't do this. Don't be like, oh, and I have this great list and it has 30 things on it and we can do them together. Would you like, no, mm -mm. just start to serve for him. So say your words of affirmation. Okay. Here are some examples that you can get all of them. Uh, leave him a note in his lunchbox, send him a little text. I am always, every day, we flirt with like um, those bitmojis, you know, on the, on, the, on the phone. So I'll send him a bitmoji, even if it's not like a heart or a kissy face, it might just be like, what's up? Or, you know, like drinking coffee, whatever. I thank him for a day-to-day -day task he always does. Text him something that makes you proud. Or make a list of 10 things you love about him and just leave it somewhere, right? That's amazing. For receiving gifts, obviously, you can buy him something, but little ways you could do that. Bring him home your favorite candy every time he goes to the store. I always bring my husband his favorite candy. I, like every time. I don't even ask him what he wants. Making his favorite dinner or picking up his coffee from Starbucks. If you want to order him something, here's a hint. Get into his Amazon account and look at the things he's been searching. There you go. Or you could even just go to his Facebook. I mean, something will pop up. But, you know, you guys share. We share a Prime account. So I could just see what he's been searching and maybe I'll order something for him. For quality time, you can plan a really great date. And we're going to talk about that in a minute go on a walk together, or even recreate your first date. You know, there's something super romantic about that, but just spending that time together, do something he likes to do. Like I'm not a huge video game fan, but he loves it. So I'll suggest we do that. He loves puzzles. So I might bring a puzzle home and say like, Hey, you want to work on this together? I know after like 10 minutes, my strategy is not his. So I'll just like let him be, but spending that time together is important. Tech free put the phones away. Um, and that's an area I need to encourage both of us to do. Um, and then acts of service. Like I said, pray for him, make him breakfast in bed, do a chore that he always does. My husband always takes the trash out. And so the other day I needed the trash cans and I could have just waited, but instead I brought them back in. Ask him simply, what can I do for you today? So 
you know, I want to encourage you to connect with your husband in his love language as much as possible. But I also want to encourage some dates because yes, you want to connect that way with him where it's like you giving, but you also want to enjoy a date with him, right? Like, don't you just love to just be together? Like, and if maybe you guys are in a hard season of marriage, okay? Maybe you haven't connected in a while. Maybe a date feels awkward because you're like, I don't even know what to talk to you about. Guys, my husband was home for seven months. And we sat at the dinner table every night. And somehow I could say, how was your day? <laughs> and I'm home too. And, and we had something to talk about. So know that you have to just push yourself. And so the first thing I'm going to encourage you is to set a goal that works. We were going on zero dates. The last date we went on was a friend's wedding two days before I had my son. So that was like almost six months ago. Um, and then in January, I said, no, nah, we have to date each other. So our goal is one date in the house and one date out of the house each month. You might be like, we go out every weekend. Well, good for you. <laughs> that's your goal. Make one that's really, really good for you and your family. This season we're in is tough. What holds us back sometimes is getting a sitter, money. For us, like we trying to, I'm trying to lose some baby weight. I don't want to just go out and eat. And then the other thing is being creative. So I'm going to share with you some tips. I have a list of almost 30 free date nights that you can do. So you can use those if money is like something that, you know, really is an area issue for you. So, you know, schedule it, make it non-negotiable, even when you're tired, even when your day is hard, get a sitter. And if it's a date night in, after the kids go to bed, you know, I've had so many days where I'm like, I'm so tired. I don't want to do this. I'm exhausted, but we do it because it's on the calendar. And, and I want to encourage that as well. Think about, you know, some free or cheap dates that you can do that really will help you guys connect more. All right, so I'm gonna read you a list, and again, you can get the whole list. So what me and my husband do with this list, it's got about 28 on there. What we do is we, um, I printed it out, and it has some check boxes, and basically, every other date, the other person picks. So this way, we can get in the house, out the house, and we'll do the whole thing. So some of them, massages at home, doesn't cost anything. Looking at the stars, we have a fire pit outside, so we can sit out there and like uh, have s'mores, a video game tournament. Guys, you can rent a movie from the library. You don't even have to go like pay $3 on your computer or on your TV, right? If you don't have cable. Puzzles and board games. You could go to parks. Some of your towns might have an outdoor movie that you could go to and that'll really, you know, could be cheap, cheap or free. Go on a bike ride or a scenic tour. So because we're in this season of financial drought we had our date night in in January and we played Mario and like it was super fun and then we had a date night out and um my mother-in-law came over watched the kids it was like right around bedtime so she put them to bed for us and we went to the mall we found the change we had we got a dollar coffee at the corner store went to the mall which is like two minutes from my house we sat in the comfy chairs didn't put any money in them just sat in them and we people watched and talked and it was such a sweet date you don't have to do something super elaborate and sometimes this is the best um, the other thing we found is this thing called geocaching. I don't know if anyone's ever done it. Basically, it's like a scavenger hunt. So you get an app, and people hide things in little buckets, and you put things in and take them out. You could go to a book reading in your town, find an open mic night by you. You can volunteer together. Museums. We live near Philadelphia, where museums on Sundays are pretty much pay what you wish. Or you could even go to a local college. See what a local college has for you. You know, they probably have a lot of really great events. So I'm going to encourage that as well. The last thing I just want to quickly touch on is intimacy. So here's the thing, like it's not just sex, but romance matters. 
You need to spend time with your husband. You need to spend time loving each other. You need to connect. You need to connect spiritually. You need to connect in communication. You need to connect physically as well. And moms, let's be real. Like, I don't feel like anyone touching me by the end of the day. Like, I'm just going to be straight up. I am like, someone is always touching me. So when my husband gets home, it's so hard when he, and because his love language is physical touch, when he comes in for a hug, when he comes in for a kiss, when he wants to like grab my behind and like, I'm just like, oh, always being touched. This is where I have to push myself. And so I'm also not creative with that. And so we have to sometimes just like adjust our expectations. We're not always going to have these crazy hour long romantic sessions with each other. But if we can connect in a nice long kiss, we can connect and just be together. It is important and it does matter. And a healthy sex life is important too. So just, just remember that as we go in, no, you don't have to be like you were when you were dating, but show love, show intimacy. Part of that I know is like feeling comfortable in my own skin. I'm on this postpartum journey and I don't feel comfortable in my own skin until I started to take my health into consideration. So I want to encourage you to also, when I eat better, I feel better about myself and I'm more confident. When I wasn't eating healthy, I didn't feel good about myself. I would cringe every time he touched me. I was like, ugh, you know? I don't want that for you. So take care of yourself, take care of your husband, and you know, showcase, you know, as much affection as you as you can to him. Show him by a nice gentle hug. I wanted to also share and end with just another resource for you. So this is a book that's called 101 Nights of Great Romance. I am not romantic. So in it, it gives you these sealed envelopes and you take turns every other week. And in the envelope, this is for her eyes only, each one has a little romantic gesture. It has a kiss of the week and it has a little coupon. And can I tell you, this is how my husband proposed to me with this little coupon. He like photoshopped it from our date. It was super cute. So, um, and it gives you ideas. Me and my husband, it's dusty. Let me tell you that because we haven't prioritized ourselves. So as I'm filming the session, I'm going to tell him that we're making the commitment back to using these every other week. It's the other person's job to like be in charge of a little romantic time. And it doesn't always have to just be about sex. So I want to remind you that there's nothing wrong with physical intimacy in your marriage. That's like fine. God does not like think that's a sin. Like love your husband. Okay. Love yourself, love your husband, love God. And I think, you know, the rest of it will come into play. When you date your spouse, there's a lot of things and a lot of benefits that happen. Besides the fact that you're happier, think about your kids. What you do is you model for them what a healthy marriage is. When you think back to your parents, do you remember them kissing? Do you remember them hugging? Were they fighting a lot? Were they hugging, like happy? What do you want for your children? Because you're modeling that. You're showing them and teaching them how to be a married couple. And I want my kids to be old and be like, oh my God, mom and dad are just hugging all the time. Like I want them to be embarrassed by how much we love each other. I don't want them to think mom and dad just fought all the time. There was just always yelling. They never spend time together. They barely talk to each other. We would sit at dinner and everyone would be on their phones. I don't want that at all. So make it purposeful, make it intentional and go out there, connect with your spouse and find some love. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope that you were able to get some tips to just parent with more intentionality. Make sure you head over to Facebook and join our private Facebook community group. Just search A Purpose Driven Mom and it'll come up. You can also go to apurposedrivenmom.com slash podcast and you will have access to every single podcast, all the show notes, all the links, all the freebies and all the goodies that I have for you. Thank you again for being a part of the community and I would love and appreciate it if you head over and gave a five-star rating and review. It allows us to find other purpose-driven moms, have an impact on them, and I would love to feature you as the reviewer of the week. Thanks again and have an amazing day.